Cool. All right. Hey, everybody. Juan Press here, Organizing Monster. Welcome to another episode of Union or Bust, hottest labor podcast. And who do we have here? Hi, I'm your union sister, Alana. Wait a minute. That's my line. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to have to scratch no. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we tried. We, we tried to, go <laughs> we tried to yeah. do something funny. Going her. back. <laughs> I think we're just natural as a shooting from the hip. That's yeah. It. Yeah. That's yeah. It. yeah. I just thought it would be funny. Cool. Right. So, Chris, who do we have here? Well, we have uh, uh, your union sister on TikTok, Instagram, all the platforms, and you are part of the flight attendance union. So, I've heard that you have a 90, was it 99% strike vote? Yeah. 99.6? Yeah. So uh, going back a little bit, you said the flight attendant union. There are several flight attendant unions. So I'm a member of the Association of Professional Flight Attendants, which uh, they we represent the American Airlines flight attendants. And so um, I don't want everybody to think that all flight attendants are going on strike right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the American Airlines flight attendants voted with 96% voter turnout and 99.47% of us voted to strike. Wow. wow. That's really, really that's cool. cool. Yeah. And you had a uh, huge voter turnout, I heard, too. Is that? Yeah, 96%. 96? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we had 30 days to organize that strike authorization vote. Um, so we have 26,000 members. We worked our butts yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And we have Alejandra, <laughs> a.k.a. Alex. Yes. <laughs> all Things Labor on TikTok. Yes. Instagram. Yes. All the platforms. Yes. Right? That's awesome. And, um, you know, I think it's really cool, like, what you're doing. I was surprised I was actually able to get you on the podcast. I thought we were going to get Sarah Nelson first. I go, we got all things labor. We got your union sister. I'm like, this is going to be great. So um, tell us, you know, what's going on. Um, uh, tell us a little about yourself and what, what are you doing right now? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the reason why I started, like, the, the platform or, like, our TikToks, because I have two Gen Z sisters, and they were, they're the ones that told me about TikTok. And I was just like, okay, like, we need to, like, normalize organizing. We need to normalize unions. And we need to, if we know that, what was it, the AFL-CIO said, like, 88% of, like, Gen Z and, like, young millennials, like, uh, view unions very, high, like, very highly, like, where are they on platforms, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, like, TikTok, right? It's TikTok, it's YouTube Shorts, it's all these things. Um, and basically the reason why I wanted to start it was because my coworkers and I unionized a workplace out in Los Angeles. We two different nonprofits, but the second time because they had aggressively like, you know, we're trying to union bus like so intensely and it was during the pandemic. It was like what resources or what do we have at our disposal as workers to be able to like put pressure on our employer when they're like being fucking assholes, right? Exactly. Um we, you can cuss here. Yeah, right? absolutely. Okay. Okay. You can say whatever we'll you cut, want. We'll cut that out. We'll yeah. cut it out. Uh, <laughs> that's extra credit. <laughs> and yeah, uh, social media shaming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, that's but it's powerful. Got. It's powerful, and like people like kind of forget that, like memes. You know, um, basically one of the things that I learned after doing like some research, I did a master's program after we had unionized, which I thought was really helpful because. Um, I think one, one of the things that we do when we're organizing we, is we don't kind of take the time to be reflective and be like, what can we do better? What, what can we improve? And it's kind of just like always on the go because there's so much that we have to do. Um, but taking that time to be reflective was really helpful because then I was able to like do interviews with uh, my coworkers in a different office that also had unionized um, within our, the same nonprofit. And, and it was just like really powerful. One of the things that 
I learned through the interviews was that management really fucking hates memes and they really don't know what the hell social media is. So like they were having, um, what's it called, hour long meetings, like all of management to have people explain like what's a meme because they didn't know it's like a meme, right? <laughs> Having like, explain like what's a story, like why are they doing these things? Like we were making memes that were like about Star Wars, for example, and like uh, if you guys watch Star Wars, mm. it's like uh, the Sith Lord because they were basically holding healthcare like over our head after we had unionized. So we made like a meme where it's just like the Sith Lord holding the lightsaber, talking to like I think it was Anakin Skywalker, and he goes, "You want this, don't you?" And it's like the lightsaber, but it was healthcare, you know, <laughs> and it really pissed off like our president, right. yeah, which is. Always good. I think that what you said about organizing, that uh, you don't have time to be reflective, that's hella true because uh, when I won one of my biggest campaigns, Encore, AV Techs here in San Diego, second city to have a contract in the in the country, um, when I won it, I won it with like 75% of the vote. And then it was during COVID. It felt like it was just, we won, we grabbed pizza mm -hmm. that day, and I that was remember. it. Mm. And then it went into, like, all right, negotiation committee, and this and that, and this and that. Let's negotiate. Let's get the rat out. Let's. So I didn't really get to enjoy that moment. Mm. And I know it's not my moment anyways. It's the workers' moment. But 100%. I felt like nobody got to enjoy it because mm. we went into gear real quick to try to fight for a contract. Yeah, so a I lot really... of people don't realize when they're organizing that it doesn't ever stop. Like, there's just yes. different... Um, targets of momentum yeah. mm -hmm. that you try to hit and then the next one is right there you know as soon as you do get that vote for um, authorization then you or representation then you have to like go and get your officers and you have to get a, con a constitution bylaws like mm -hmm. it's one thing after the the next and it really never stops yeah what are the main issues, um, Alana, about the, your union sister, Alana? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about, uh, you know, the strike. Why, why did you take the strike vote? What were some of the main issues? So um, we're, uh, we operate under the Railway Labor Act, which is different mm -hmm. than the NLRB uh, or NLRA, NLRA sorry. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, our contracts don't expire. They just become amendable. And our contract became amendable four and a half years ago. And we've been negotiating for that entire time. Wow. Obviously, during COVID, we all took a step back because it was mm -hmm. no time to negotiate. And we were trying to save our industry. Mm -hmm. But our, our employers don't negotiate in good faith. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of safety issues, health issues, and obviously pay issues that they're just not addressing with our workforce. And, you know, there's especially when it comes to safety, they aren't very good at taking care of their employees when we're in base. So then we trust them to take care of us when we're flying around the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, they fall short lots of times. I've been lost in the system a few times where crew schedulers didn't know where I was. Um, my, my sequence or my trip had fallen apart. And I didn't know, like, what hotel I was supposed to stay at, where I was supposed to go. Oh. We, I waited on hold for over an hour. And, you know, these kinds of things, like if I were in danger at that moment, nobody would know. And uh, we've had some uh, public events happen recently where a flight attendant uh, died in her hotel room under a situation that we don't know how it happened. And she wasn't found for two days, even though she was supposed to report for a trip that morning. So there's lots of things that we have issue with. And, you know, when it's not being addressed and we're not getting what's fair while they're boasting about record profits, right. 
we've got to fight for ourselves. And that's why you're on the hottest labor podcast in San Diego, right? <laughs> <laughs> you came all the way down here. Well, I think, and I think what's kind of going on, and um, I wanted to talk about, like, social media. Um, mm -hmm. Should social media be taken more seriously? Because I think about it, if it wasn't for TikTok, I never would have met you. I never would have met you, Alex. And, and, and you wouldn't have been your union brother. Yeah, and, and yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> and the reason I am your union brother, because I, I started following Alana on TikTok, and it was your union sister. I'm like, hey, I need to change my handle. Because it was like one of those handles where you don't, you know, it's all... You X, know, one, two, three. Yeah, yeah whatever. Like and I'm like, and I changed it. And I'm like, I wonder if that's taken. And it wasn't taken. Mm. And it's really cool because it's like when you comment, you comment as your union brother, mm -hmm. all things labor. I think the labor movement is kicking ass in social media. But how important do you think it is? Well, I think it's very important. Um, you know, as Alex said, you have to be, you have to meet people where they are. And we need to, like, the people that are in labor right now can't be the ones running it forever. We have to give all of our knowledge, everything we've got to the people that are coming into the labor movement. And you're not going to do that posting on Facebook. You have to get out to TikTok, yeah. Instagram. <laughs> you know, um, there's still MySpace. You could still probably try to post MySpace. on there. Yeah. But, uh, but you're not going to find... The, the, the next generation on there. You've right. got to go to the other platforms and find them where they are. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, yeah. yeah, I think what you said, like meeting people where they're at. Um, I know this is not social media, um, but like that campaign that I was talking about and people were asking me how I was doing it because it was a big campaign for just one organ one person. And like I said, there's a second city that's been organized in the country. I'd meet people at Starbucks, I'd mm -hmm. meet people at the bar, I'd meet people at Denny's, wherever, whenever, and that's meeting them where they're at. I know it's in person, it's not social media, but that's so important because uh, people would ask me, like, are you doing house calls? Are mm -hmm. you? I didn't do one single house call. And people would be like, what the, but that's what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't think so, man. Like, I think organizing has evolved. It's mm -hmm. the 21st century organizing now. So if, if our demographics or, or workers are, not in the same lanes like they were back then, then I think you have to constantly be evolving, and that's part of it, social media, yeah. meeting people where they're at. And I think that that goes back to what you were saying of, like, making those memes. 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 Like, that's what you got to do with social media. Social yeah. media is a tool. Yep. It's not the end-all, be-all, because obviously I think there's a lot of bad that comes with social media, just like everything. But you can use it as a tool for your benefit. Yeah. So how have you all been using it? I know you talked about the memes, but uh, anything else that you're using social? Because you guys are pretty active on social media. So any other ways you're using it that you've seen that without it, there's no way you could have made something happen? Yeah. Okay. So I'll tell you guys a little bit. If like I've I've talked about this on on TikTok um, for the folks that have been like following for like the last two and a half years, I think. Um, but. The reason why, like, I well, nothing is ever going to replace one-on-ones, right? right? But I think one-on-ones are changing. So, for example, you can have a one-on-one. We were we organized the second time that we organized. We did it completely remote, like, because this was at the height of the pandemic. Um, I mean, we're still in it, but um, but was it's still like you know the height of the pandemic, and. Um, 
we had to do like Zoom calls. We had to call everyone. It was just like like uh, you know after work after five, then you're like jump on another call to talk to your coworkers. But what I what I noticed in terms of like the power of social media was we there's di- so it was a nonprofit that was uh, a nationwide nonprofit that had ten different offices all over the country. Uh, one of the largest one was in Los Angeles, and so we had organized like like back in 2020, like early no June. I don't remember the dates. Don't quote me on it, but something around those right. times, we where we were organizing, and then um, during like a, a POC meeting that was like I was part of for like the nationwide. We every time we went on that call, it was kind of like, oh man, you're going through those microaggressions. Oh, you're dealing with that shit too. That sucks. That sucks. That sucks. And but yet like we couldn't do anything, right? Because we didn't actually have power. But after we had filed to unionize, the the president of our organization ended up sending out massive nationwide email. That's why they say like sometimes the boss makes the best organizer mm-hmm. because they sent the nationwide email to try to scare us. And the thing is it did work. Like it, w- it scared two of our coworkers to be like, I don't want to be part of this. I'm scared, right? And um, but what it also did was it had a different office from Seattle. They were like, yo, what the hell? Because they also have a lot of issues so at during the poc call um we were complaining about these things and then i just said i was like hey i just want to say really quickly if anyone has questions of why la is off like unionizing here's my personal email give me a call right or my personal cell give me a call and then some an attorney from a different office goes like this isn't the place for that we've never talked about this and i said right this is why i'm giving you my personal cell phone so you give me a call like 20 minutes later i get a text from someone from seattle and they're like hey i'm so and so can we talk so then because of that, I mean, like Seattle from L.A. is hella far. And we got on a call with some of my coworkers and their coworkers. And we were talking. And we're like, damn, you guys also have like a lot of same. We have the same issues. Like you mm-hmm. talk to any worker, like you, you're going to resonate with the fact that we have the same problems. And uh, and during that time, the boss ended up trying to do a divide and conquer, which is what they always did. So when we, you know, we won our election, they got volunteer recognition. And then uh, when we were negotiating, which, by the way, their pro bono attorney is now a general, like, counsel for fucking Amazon. So, like, just to know, like, Hmm. piece of shit. And uh, they ended up trying to pin Seattle and L.A. against each other. So they would send out nationwide emails and be like, L.A. is so mean. L.A. is so fucking mean. They're so rude. Seattle, they're so nice. But it's because we were fighting for different things. But they were trying to do it to, like, to divide mm-hmm. us as well. And the reason also they were pissed is because we, we, got on, we got on social media real quick. Like, we went on social media and we're like, we're like this is our, our bargaining unit. This, you know, this is what we're fighting for. And anytime they were doing something that was union busting, we would make it public, like publicly known. Mm-hmm. And then and Seattle was being a lot more like chiller about it. But then the minute that they sent out an, uh, an email saying like, um, oh, Seattle's so nice in comparison to L.A. Like, look how all these things that we've been able to TA with, like, you know, with uh, Seattle and not L.A. And Seattle got so fucking, and this is what I learned after, like, interviewing with, interviewing them. They got so fucking pissed that our that our president was trying to, u- like, use them as a way to talk shit about us, that they created their own social media mm. committee on top of their bargaining committee because you always have to be organizing. And they're like, no, like, fuck that. We cannot let them, um, like use us as a way to like bust LA so their first post was like we're in solidarity with LA don't use us against you know our our co-workers and after that the the president stopped sending emails that were like to try to pin us against each other because Seattle wasn't allowing that to happen Mm. so like that's the power of social media you know what I mean wow um that's that's interesting that you say well a couple things um organizing never stops and uh the company always tries to pin you 
workers against each other. Yes. It's the longest um, uh, tactic for anybody, really. The great uh, thing, though, is that they don't change. They're very yeah. predictable. Yes. They're going to try to divide and conquer. They're going to try to, to scare and intimidate. They're going to try to hire new people in order to intimidate them and have scabs, you know, and mm -hmm. hopefully grow some scabs to try to prevent unionizing. They're going to try to block us in every direction. But the great thing about us is that we adapt and we change. Mm -hmm. So we know what they're going to do and we can we can pivot just like with what UAW is doing right now with their stand up strikes. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. GM didn't see it coming. In fact, so much so that they prepared to right. go around it, drive engines to another plant that ended up being the one that walked out. Right. So, um, I, and that can all happen with social media. I've been using it in different ways, um, and and my union's starting to get more active in social media as well. I see. A lot of memes, um, especially <laughs> the Philly counterparts. Mm -hmm. Man, they are on oh, fire yes, on their. So, yes. They're so dope. Um, but you know, if you can just uh, keep people uh, locked into what you're putting out there and be able to communicate at the drop of a hat. Like, it's way more than any company can do. They just try to emulate so social media. But nobody wants to be that connected to their workplace. Right. <laughs> speaking, yeah. to, speaking of uh, people trying to stand in the way of workers uh, organizing, people trying to undermine the labor movement, let's talk a little about uh, Gavin Newsom, his vetoes. Um, he vetoed a bill um, that would give striking workers yeah. the right to unemployment. Now... Personally, um, I've never seen him on a picket line. I've never seen him stand in solidarity. But and you, you know, won't. And you won't. Did was he? Did, did he go to your picket line? <laughs> he wasn't there. <laughs> well, that's Kevin Newsom right there. Oh yeah, but yeah. That, well, on. no, that's yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. I'm no, right. sorry. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Kevin. Um, no comment. No comment. Uh, we're gonna get fired. <laughs> we're all gonna get fired, Chris. Uh, Uber for life. Yeah. Well. The, the main we always say on the podcast the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing kitchen yeah. table economics you know people will i think a lot of times it could be republicans democrats independents green party people use controversial social issues to divide us mm. and right now people are having trouble paying their rent people are having trouble paying their bills the bills are coming in they're like yeah. what the heck's going on why is all of this going up People deserve the right to make a living. I think uh, uh, Sean Fain uh, for UAW is just hitting that point. He's yeah. saying, hey, we need more time with our families. Yeah. And um, and there should not be billionaires. And there should yes. not be billionaires. Yeah. yeah. I am a firm. Millionaires are cool. Millionaires are cool. <laughs> They're all right. They're all right. You know? Yeah. I have a friend. <laughs> but, 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 but going back, but going back <laughs> not here. <laughs> uh, but but uh, but going back to the UI benefits, why is it? Why was it such a big deal to Labor that he vetoed it? That it it's a, why was it such a big deal to us? Do you think we just like why are we up and like the Teamsters, for example? They're not gonna hold them. They're not going to let loose on him on this one. Mm -hmm. I saw their speeches up there in L.A., how they're like, okay, we're not going to forgive Gavin Newsom for this one. Because for the AB 316, the autonomous. That uh, one, too. That one as well. That one, too. Yeah. But the, the unemployment benefits, yeah. too, because everybody's right. going on strike, and all of a sudden uh, that would have been a game changer for labor yeah. if we can get unemployment benefits while we're on strike. Because not every union has a strike fund. Mm -hmm. We've never gone on strike, uh, this local and we're 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 planning to we're building the strike fund this is the first time we've ever done it so but 
but most locals don't have a strike fund. So why do you all think it was such a big deal for, for us to have this bill passed? Well, I wish that I had my L.A. president from our, from our union here because I'm not based in L.A., so I haven't been following the, the local L.A. politics or California politics. Um, but any time that you attack a worker's ability to be able to stand up for themselves, that's going to matter to unions. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, right off the bat, if this was something that they were allowed to do before and then you take it away because it's looking like a real possibility that the workers are going to be able to gather their collective power, um, yeah, that, that must be stopped. And, and I think one thing I would add, too, is that New Jersey and New York, like New Jersey, no offense, but New Jersey mm -hmm. has this, provides exactly. this to right. striking workers. Yeah. Two states already provide yeah. this, and um, and when it's not even that much. Unemployment is not that a lot of money, and mm -hmm. and so this is one of the things that really bothers me personally. And I'm not speaking on behalf of my employer. We don't have to bring it up, but I'm not speaking on behalf of my employer. But this is me as just as a worker. Is the fact that California for this so in unemployment insurance is paid in by by um, by the businesses and by like mm -hmm. you know corporations. Employer. California has one of the lowest, if not the lowest, in the country. It has not been increased since 1983. Really? Yes, 1983. Wow. So one of the things that, like, if you read what Gavin Newsom said, and then, what, uh, like, if you read what, like, the Chamber of Commerce, which is, like, you know, um, what they always say <laughs> is uh, is basically, like, I flipped off the camera. It's okay. And the rats. <laughs> not Buddha. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. For those on Spotify. But anyway, um, the... The issue is that, like, the argument that, that you always hear as a worker is like, well, we don't have enough money. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's insolvent. There's no, there's no money in there. There's no mm -hmm. money. It's just, okay, so, like, you are the government, right? You know there's an issue. Like, it's already, like, insolvent. There's not funds in it, blah, 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 blah. Then fucking fix it? Like, isn't that your fucking job? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so somehow, because corporations are not paying their fair share, workers are going to continue to get fucked, and somehow that's like so like so your hands are tied like then why the hell did we elect you you know mm -hmm. what I mean that makes no sense to me so like again it's not even that much money you would have to be on strike after two weeks a lot of strikes don't even last you know two weeks we're seeing a lot now but the 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 issue is that this was like four hundred bucks a week is not even paying your fucking rent let's be honest no. like not in not in California, not in California. but what it would allow is for you to put food on your table. Exactly. And like and just and knowing exactly, especially what happened with the writer strike, like that leaked memo or email where it basically said, oh, it's an unfortunate, like cruel, like evil, cruel, necessary evil, which is basically like they said it like we know what the bosses are saying. They're mm -hmm. saying we are waiting out workers who yeah. are on strike. We are waiting until they get they to starve. the point where they starve. Yeah. Right. So like it, it's very not only upsetting, but like I, I hope what it makes is workers being like, oh, I need to get involved because union power. And then this is something that you hear Chamber of Commerce always saying as well, like, oh, those like the union, the unions, the union, like the labor has all this power. Like labor is workers like, mm -hmm. like labor and unions are literally advocating for what workers want. Mm -hmm. Right. No one else is doing that for us. So, like, when we understand that union power is political power, mm -hmm. is economic power, like, that's the way that we're actually going to be able to make any kind of changes that we want that are going to support and literally just have, like, a life of dignity and respect for workers. And it's a class war. It's not, yes. it's not a, a war against, like, race. It's not a culture war. It is a class war. Yes. And when these evil, 
CEOs or like whatever level they are say, we're going to wait out the strike to starve the workers. We're going to wait for them to lose their homes. They're talking about your neighbors. They're not, they're not your neighbors. Like, I don't know anybody that lives next to a CEO. They're talking about our neighbors. They're talking about our communities and they want to see them destroyed. Yeah, I think definitely like those kind of leaked memos and uh, I think it's showing people's true colors at this time. We've known this forever. We talk about it forever. But when that kind of stuff leaks out, then we're like, damn, that's what they thought of us. I'm sure the writers were like, damn, that's kind of fucked up. Like I work with these people. I work for these people. Mm -hmm. So we know what their intentions are. It's never a family. That's a talking point that they use when they union bust. It's like, oh, we're a family. Here's a pizza party and all that good stuff. And and, but as as cheesy and as uh, outdated these tactics are, they still work. Yep. I'm sure, though, this is exactly why the Drew Barrymore show writers are not going back mm. is because they're not going know, back. She, no, no, they're not going back. Um, they they're going to have awesome. to hire new WGA writers. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, she said that they were a family that she cared about them and then she was going to go scab on them. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, they're not they're not going back. They've got wow. their dignity and they're going to keep it. Mm-hmm. And that's like the power of. Mm-hmm social media and, yeah. a, and also the power of bullying I'm going to say it right now like yeah. some people need to be bullied yeah, we need more of that in America oh, yeah. we need more we need yeah. more yeah, of that need, this is America bully your neighbors <laughs> yeah. no, no no bully the bosses, the bosses. Yeah. and bully the scabs yeah. like no like for example like Drew Barrymore and Bill Maher like they learned real quick yeah. that things are changing mm-hmm. and if you're not with the workers then you're against us uh, that's 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 it. That's the bottom line. I don't think they know what's going. We know what's going on in the labor movement. We see the power. We see people rising. We see the approval rating. There's this this energy yeah. that that that's there, and the people have just lost at the top have lost have lost focus. There. Well, I think I, I think, uh, and I, I say this also yeah, on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's a good right mm-hmm. the analogy. Should yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Say? Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's this comedian, and and it's a it's a joke, but I don't know the joke. I don't. I, I can't. Anyways, he says that when you become uh, like. Uh, a leader, a politician or something, you start, you're, you're disconnected from everybody else, from the worker, from the average Joe, average Jane, paycheck to paycheck. You're no longer that. That's mm. not your society anymore. It's kind of like he says, uh, like back in the days in the 90s and before, when you start getting too close from a, to a TV screen, it starts getting pis- uh, pixelated, the screen, the image, so you, you can no longer see the image anymore. You have to stand back mm. so you can see the full picture mm. and that's where we're at as workers we see the full picture i think and we have our thumb on the post but these politicians drew barrymore and uh bill maher and all of them they have their own class circle and solidarity they know how to organize and they protect it and they protect themselves mm-hmm. yep. they they vote they get their friends to mm-hmm. vote they buy off the right corporations pass the right bills and that and that's and it does work. The unions are the ones that created the super PAC, and then corporations saw, hey, I'm gonna do that too because it works, and they're doing it now. But yeah, like these people are so disconnected that they don't know what's going on. I remember, uh, uh, I'm gonna keep saying this. I didn't even name it, but the campaign, the campaign that I ran during uh, Fourth of July, they sent out a mailer. Oh, I remember that. It was all like Fourth of July, I'm be American, vote no for your independence. Very like that, and it was during uh, 2020, uh, George Floyd. Right. And so I read it because they sent it to me and I was like, that's how disconnected that they are, that they don't even know how people are feeling, how the community is feeling, how the country was feeling, that the the world, Mm -hmm. that they would send a pro-America kind of messaging. When all these workers are living paycheck to paycheck, this San Diego, a lot of these kids are people of color. This is why they're getting their butts handed to them, though, Mm -hmm. is because they're so disconnected. They don't understand the power of 
solidarity right there because that's we're gonna take (laughs) like solidarity says we're gonna take care of each other i don't know like what you do i don't know what you do but i know that you need to have a safe working environment you need to have enough money to feed your family and take care of yourself you need to have health benefits all of these things i'm going to care about greatly because we have solidarity Mm -hmm. and we care about each other but these people that are disconnected they don't have anything and as soon as they hit rock bottom there's not going to be anybody there to pick them up because they haven't linked together with people, you know, in, in any genuine way. Sure, they do to make money, but, mm. you know, money, people aren't going to link okay. back up to you if you don't have it. I <laughs> think this labor, uh, the labor room, what's going on, it's going to win. As long as we keep the focus on solidarity, as long as we keep it on kitchen table economics. Because let me tell you, it can be Green Party, it could be Independents, Republicans, Democrats, or whatever, but... I know the social, the, the controversial social issues we're never going to agree on, but we can agree that people deserve their basic fundamental needs, food, drink, shelter, safety needs. That's what, so, you know, making sure we can talk about the other things, but heck, let's, let's, uh, let's start there. Let's, let's the basic fundamentals of human existence. And, and I actually want to add to what you guys are saying in terms of like solidarity. And I think it's something that people should like understand. I could not fucking like you. I could like you can think someone's a piece of shit and I still think they deserve a life of dignity and respect Mm -hmm. in the workplace and just regardless. Right. So that's what solidarity is. I could be like, yeah, you're kind of annoying. Right. But I still I'm going to be on the picket line with you. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what solidarity is. And and I think that's one of the things that we have to like keep in mind, because like you were saying, like if you are speaking to someone and a coworker and you have like a disagreement on something, I mean, there's certain disagreements. Let's be like honest to like James Baldwin said, like if, if you're if your disagreement is based like it's taking away like my humanity that's a different like question like uh mm-hmm. conversation right but like things that has to do about how we go about organizing right like i'm not like that that's that's so irrelevant to the bigger the bigger right. issue which is working class solidarity right because uh when we organize i don't ask people like wait a minute did you vote for trump or you're republican right. or, we don't ask those yeah, questions sometimes you just know <laughs> You just know, and then I and then I high five them. I'm like, all right, cool. But we're gonna agree on this though. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the latest comment we got on yeah. on on uh, what we went to the UAW picket line in Ontario here, not Canada. California. Not Canada. I said Canada. <laughs> Sorry. Canada. What? Well, I thought live, I corrected yeah. myself. <laughs> I think you did. But uh, but we went. We interviewed some some workers there, and we posted up the video on YouTube. And one of the comments was like, "I'm anti-union, but." Uh, it's a great you, interview. Yeah. Like that. And um, I give, give you guys credit. Credit. Yeah. Credit where credit is due. Mm. So to me, it's more like um, people people still relate to the messaging, even though they're not tied into our political affiliation or whatever. They've been, we've all been brainwashed since we were kids to be anti-union. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Oh, yes. And, totally. I, and I was just thinking that, you know, if somebody's anti-union, they probably don't know what a union exactly. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. like, what we can do. They take your money, quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. S- speaking of that yeah. uh, uh, inoculation, uh, here in California, they just passed a bill, correct me if I'm wrong, that they're going to start teaching labor rights in, and organizing in high schools. Yep. That's great. So it's going to be a game changer because yeah. from uh, what I understand is that Jeff Bezos and all these big old corporations, they spend a lot of money yeah. on boards, on school boards that they can write the curriculum and brainwash our kids. But I think this can start combating that. Yeah. So hopefully all these kids going into the work uh, force, they already have more of a empathy and more – they understand what organizing is and what unions are all about. Or understanding – go ahead. Oh, I was going to say also by not teaching labor history, we're yes. losing such – 
so many great moments of right. American history where, you know, because everybody likes to talk about when we won our independence from yeah. the British. Mm-hmm. But what about when we won our independence from oppressive labor practices, when we when our children didn't have to work in mines anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, all of these things were great hurdles that people overcame. And um, there's also been a lot of times where. Uh, we could really uncover how corporations set up goons outside of a picket line and start shooting at people Mm -hmm. um, or pushing trains over on them. Like there's, there's a great history that we're losing part of um, to keep people, uh, keep people's power in check. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why we're here. Union or bus, whatever, like, like the comment you said, it's resonating. If we can move people who are anti-union that are going to comment saying, you know, I like you guys. You know, you guys made a good point. I mean, th- that's well, what you we didn't see to- the TikTok that I didn't, made with Trump. No, I didn't see that one. Yeah, you did. Uh, I made a TikTok with Trump. And oh, said, oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. one I did see. Nah. I did that one there. And it was like, Union the Bus guys, they're good guys. I like these guys. I like oh, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and, that, and I put the voice. Guys ever. Yeah, but something like that. Well, the thing, the thing is, is like people like I was talking, you know, on our on our drive over here, we were talking about how. You know, people value their political party. People value their, their, you know, uh, their, their views on social issues. And, and I, I, I say this on the podcast, but there's, you know, I say I'm Christian, my dad's Hindu, but there's an old proverb in India that says, you know, after you cut off someone's nose, there's no point in giving them a rose to smell. Mm. After you demean what someone holds as valuable, you could tell them the truth, but they'll never believe you. Because you demean what they hold as valuable, and I think that's what we try to do on the podcast. We know there's a lot of pro-union uh, Trump supporters. We know there's pro-union, you know, uh, Gavin supporters. Or were they were they polled already? People yeah. like on their support with the UAW strike. They yeah. say like seventy five percent of Americans support the strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. There you go. It's the highest approval rate, seventy one percent approval yeah. rating for the for labor, and that's across the board. That's the highest approval rating of any kind of organized uh, faction, whether it's Labor, Congress, the Senate, cops, we have the highest approval rating. You're welcome. It's labor. You're welcome. Gavin Newsom, that's why. That's why Gavin Newsom, I think, shooting himself in the, in the foot. Yeah, I don't, I, I, you know, I, w- I was really surprised because, you know, he did veto the, one, the truck, the driverless, driverless trucks. trucks. He vetoed that one. We're just like, oh, my God. I went after him on that. Yeah. And then he did this. So, you know, I, he's, it looks like he's almost horse trading. He's like, okay, if I don't do these and I do these, I'm like, he, they're just out of touch. They don't realize how powerful we, the labor movement is right now. Yeah. That's I mean, the thing. And we're they just need growing. to know that backing us is not a risk. It used to be like, yeah. oh, it's risky. Like maybe they're socialists, maybe they're communists. You mm-hmm. know, they like they had all mm-hmm. these like different levels of like isms that mm-hmm. meant they sh- shouldn't support us. But the truth is, it's not a risk. We are organized. We go out there. Like we, we go door to door. You know, if if that's what we need to do to get the things passed that we need passed. Um, But unfortunately, what I was talking about with you is that they're very fickle. So, yeah, they support us when there's a photo opportunity, Mm -hmm. but we need to hold their feet to the fire. If they're not supporting us in legislation, then they need to, you know, be ready because that's the risk turning on us. That's Mm -hmm. the risk. Right, right. And what you said, like, uh, it's not like they're siding with socialists or communists, right? With siding with labor. They're not taking that risk anymore. But you know what I think it is? It's, uh, did you all watch that movie, um, Oppenheimer? No, no I, I haven't saw seen Barbie. it yet. You saw Barbie? You're team Barbie? <laughs> yeah, I saw Barbie oh, right. instead. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. So Oppenheimer, 
uh, you guys kind of know the premise of it. Yeah. He helps with the atomic bomb and all that good stuff. Uh, we went to good go stuff. watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like bombs? Sorry, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, let, me, uh, let, me, let me head out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, cut, we'll cut this part out. Cut that out. <laughs> no, no, no. But anyways, uh, so in the movie, it, it shows how they were organizing the staff uh, at this college, and he was part of the organizing committee. Mm. Oppenheimer was, but then they told him like, "Hey, you're gonna be part of this project, but you have to drop that campaign because it was tied into socialism, mm-hmm. communism." Mm-hmm. And he ended up dropping the organizing campaign to work on the project. And I saw it, and I was like, "What? It's speaking to me, labor organizing?" Mm-hmm. And it's in this badass Christopher Nolan movie. So I think back then, yeah, if you're tied into socialism and communism when you think of labor, nowadays what I think is going on is that people are like, yeah, sure, socialism sounds kind of cool, actually. Or <laughs> but it's also not even that. It's, it's not even a, that. I don't even think it is. It's not <laughs> radical to think that people should be treated right. Exactly. Right. You know? right. And we have the internet, so we know what other countries are doing. Right. Oh, they have healthcare in France and, and Germany and stuff. I think that sounds kind of cool. It's crazy I, waking up in the morning, you know, sometimes we like you know, there are children without health care in this country. Yeah. I mean, and I think what happen, what's happening right now is labor is just, we're just lions right now. And we're saying, you're going to do this or you're not going to be in office anymore. Yeah. And that's where we're sending a message to people. Like, it's not right that children don't have health care. Yeah. And, um, or anybody. Or anybody. <laughs> like yeah. adults, but, old know, people. Old yeah. people. Oh, none of us, none of it is mm-hmm. okay. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And, and one thing that I would want to add to is a really good book. It's called Left. Actually, two books. One of them, plug, shameless plug for my friend, Kim Kelly, uh, Fight Like Hell. A really good book. Oh, we met oh, Kim Kelly, yeah. we met her. We yeah. a big deal. Yeah. We took a selfie. Yeah. 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 She's awesome. <laughs> no, but that's a really good book about labor history. You want to mm-hmm. go back to that. But the other book is called Left Out, like America's Reds Industrial Unions. Um, and basically, it talks about how when there was that separation between the AFL and the CIO, like mm-hmm. way back in the day, right? Um a lot of the very militant, like, the way that you got power was because it was socialists and communists putting li- their literal fucking life on the line. Mm-hmm. Like, they were the ones that were being shot at by these goons, right? Mm-hmm. Because those were the ones that were like, yes, I'm down. Like, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to organize or we're going to organize for, like, the better good. So, like, ultimately in labor right now, you, you do have so many different types of individuals, whether it's someone who's, like, conservative Republican or someone who's a socialist or a communist. Like, ultimately, it's like, at this point, it's like, it makes... It makes no sense to be arguing of like, oh, I'm more fucking left than you. Like yeah. that's that's so irrelevant. Like yeah. it's about creating and actually building like working class power from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. That's what it has to be about. Like what you were saying in terms of like the what, what do you call it? Kitchen economics or kitchen table economics. There you go. Well, I've got two book suggestions for you guys too. Um, one of them's called Strike Back from Joe Burns, in which they talk about uh, just different types of militant practices with strikes. Um, and then the other one is the Great Stewardess Rebellion. Mm. And this one um, is, you know, in my wheelhouse. It's about how uh, women flight attendants ended up having a workplace rebellion. And they, they say at 36,000 feet. But um, these, these women were, in, in the day that, they, that this started, they weren't allowed to become 32 years old. Like, they were fired the moment that they turned 32. Oh, wow. They weren't allowed to be pregnant. They weren't allowed to get married because the airlines were trying to pimp out this, like, idea of when you, as a businessman, get on this plane, these women are available. Mm-hmm. The airlines would force their flight attendants to kiss their best passengers. Ew. Oh, wow. They oh, wow. would allow their supervisors to fondle the flight attendants to ensure that they were wearing girdles. These are the things that the women 
who were flight attendants had to fight against in contracts Holy and in unionizing shit. before they could even begin to bargain for health care, for 401ks, for the things that men have been able to bargain for for you know, decades and decades before we were even able to get decent, decent, like human rights in the workplace. And so these are things that we're still having to fight against in our contracts right now. Um, there is absolutely a lot of like patriarchy in the airline industry that we're still trying to squash. And um, so I would recommend that book, The Great Stewardess Rebellion. I can't think of the author's name off the top of my head, but that'll kind of give you a history of the things that women have had to fight for. And it it gives a a little, like, um, explanation on how the feminist movement was able to really get kick-started by flight attendants. Um, So I'm wearing my women's uh, CWA shirt in honor of that uh, that struggle today. awesome. Uh, speaking of, I think it's important to know your history so we can have context to know where it's important to know where you've been, to know where you're going kind of deal. Uh, speaking of history, um, these old people, you know, Congress and senators, how come there's no term limits there? Do you guys think we should have term limits with these people? I think the average age is like 50 something, probably a (laughs) hundred at this point. I don't know. You know, that's tough because if they're great, then no. And if they're not great, then yes. I I think there needs to be term limits. I'm sorry. Like there's like, you have a limit of when you should use are be able allowed to like if, if these some of these individuals we're not even allowing them to be like driving on the street why the hell are they writing laws for us right. it, it makes no fucking sense yeah, i think it goes back to what we were saying that they're so imagine once you make it you're disconnected you're once you make it and you're there for 50 years yeah. you have no idea what a normal person but is also anymore. if yeah. you know that you're not going to be alive in 20 years then why exactly. not why not take that bribe mm. and pass legislation that's going to totally just destroy the environment to where it's not livable in 20 years yeah. you know there's not they don't have skin in the game anymore yeah uh, let's get us in trouble. Why do you think uh, labor pushes term limits with these people? Here in San Diego, we push term limits, and we're all happy when we when we won. How come we don't push it in, like, you know, national level? What do you guys think? Too many connections? Mm-hmm. Relationships? Maybe just because they're fighting other fights. You know, you've got to be very careful to target what you're going after. So I would think that that's probably one of those battles that until you get other momentum in on board, Mm -hmm. you're going to be wasting a lot of resources on it until it gets to a certain point. Speaking of term limits, uh, would either one of you consider running for office? Fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) I did run for office. I ran for national secretary um, and narrowly lost but um, it was a big learning experience, and um, I would definitely run again. Okay. Yeah, I just, I just feel like it's important to be able to offer members a choice. Um, if people are going, you know, duly elected, then that's a real shame because the membership has missed an opportunity of finding somebody else that actually represents what they want, you know. So, yeah, I think everybody should. What about public office? Oh, public office. Yeah. Um, the good stuff. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, after, <laughs> if I felt like I got done what I needed to get done within the union and in my career, then I would think about it. I would I would look into it. There's um, I know in Arizona where I'm from, the um, AFL-CIO has a pathway to power. I don't know if they have that everywhere, but th- they'll help you learn how to run for office and mm. um, give resources towards that. I was, I was kind of thinking, and I know sometimes I feel like uh, you and I are on the, on the same uh, wavelength, but um, right now, um, 
the stars right now, well, in 2009, when the approval of labor unions wasn't that high, it's like, you know, uh, the taking pictures of the politicians, elected officials, hey, I'm making it, you know, the, the parties and stuff like that. I mean, I don't even want to take pictures of politicians. I want to take pictures with labor leaders, hmm. like like uh, Sean Fame or Sean O'Brien or, or I mean, I was like, when you when you two walked in here, I'm like, I got to get pictures. I got to get pictures because these are historical moments. Hmm. I mean, the if, if, if we're able to unite all people, all parties under the labor movement, I mean... I, I mean, I, I'm just, I just think that's where we're heading. I, I, I'm so grateful. Like, there's like this momentum, right? And I'm so glad, Alana. Like, I, please do. Like, when we have good people wanting to like to run, that's amazing. Um, I, I think for me, the the important thing about this kind of the movement in the space right now is having workers see themselves reflected in us, right? So, like, I'm first gen. Like, you know, Spanish was my first language at home. I want workers to see themselves reflected in the way that I speak. Yeah, I cuss a lot. Yeah, like I was ESL, as a, you know, in in uh, elementary. And it's just kind of like not necessarily looking for like the leaders will be like, oh, they're going to make this change for us. But like, oh, shit, I also have that power because I also deal with the same fucking issues at work. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just that it's like ensuring that other people feel also like inspired and empowered for them to do the work themselves. Mm -hmm. It's it's not like, you know, and I I, I talk about, you know, your handle, Mm -hmm. all things labor, your union sister, organizing monster. I'm your union brother. And it's like, we're, we're building something here and we're able to communicate the importance of kitchen table economics to the entire country Mm. on these platforms. And it's like, you know, we don't have to depend necessarily on elected officials. Mm. We're organizing. We're organizing the whole country, the world. Yeah, speaking of politics and organizing, what do you all think about starting the Labor Party? Oh, I would love that. Is that a thing? I would love to see that happen because I think that with having just two parties, for the most part, I mean, there's Mm -hmm. other parties, but... Um, when it comes down to it, there's just two. Mm-hmm. I think that that's also caused a lot of division in our country. But if there was like other options where people would see that they're represented and uh, that what their issues are really going to be what takes precedence mm-hmm. is going to be a great movement of solidarity throughout this country. And, and I think one of the things that Absolutely. Like we should absolutely always have these goals and these ideas and work towards them. And in the meantime, be very realistic with what the reality looks like today. Mm-hmm. Right. So, for example, um, I am a member, I'm a paying uh, dues pay member of DSA, Democratic Socialist America, because it was the only party that provided any support to me and my coworkers when we were organizing. It wasn't wow. the Democrats, it wasn't anybody else. And it was literally just like, hey, come to our labor committee. Hey, like. Are you like whatever you need amplified online will help you like, oh, hey, like get it, get connected to other workers that are also also organizing in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And but the thing is, like in like think we have to think about things like like locally, statewide and also nationally. Right. So, yes, I'm going to I'm voting. I'm going to get hate, whatever. But I yes, I vote Democrat when it comes to presidential election because it is a two party system. Right. And knowing, for example, like Biden's whatever. But he put jennifer abruzzo the general counsel for nlrb like in in the position and she's a fucking badass and he showed up to a picket line and he showed up to a picket line you (laughs) know what i mean so like you like not gavin newsom (laughs) so like celebrate but i think it's like the democrat the democratic party can be like pushed 
if workers are organizing, mm-hmm. right? So, like for example, look at Los Angeles. You have a lot of folks that are that also that are running on like a DSA platform. And why is that? Because workers are organizing. Like mm-hmm. my my whole thing is like this is like tough love. But when people are like, oh yeah, like two party system, and, and they go directly to the president, mm-hmm. it's like, dog, what the fuck are you doing locally? Mm-hmm. You know, like get involved yeah. like that and make sure we're building that power again from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. DSA is great. They're actually um, we're all working together right now to try to abolish the right to work laws in Arizona, mm. which if we could do that, that would be amazing oh, for yeah. unions. Now, um, so what's, DSA, what's right to work? Oh, oh, yeah. You guys are really lucky being in California. Yeah. Right to work means that you can have freeloaders in your union, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have to pay union dues and they still get the benefits of union membership. Right. And so it cripples our unions where, you know, they're they're using all of their resources that they can to just stay afloat. Mm. So if there were right to work rules that were abolished, then all of a sudden people would have to pay their fair share into their union and the unions would be able to start to build up power. Right. That's what we're going to do. I mean, we just yeah. have to walk in the room now and just be like, this is what's happening. Yeah. And uh, I, I think... Uh, a good indication of that was when Drew Barrymore said she was going to cross. When Bill Maher, I mean, we slammed him. I was like, I did my first collaboration with All Things Labor yeah. on uh, nice. on Instagram. She's like, oh, my God, she added me. You know, I was really stoked, by the way, when you yeah. followed me on TikTok. Yeah. I go, that was really cool. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh. I, go, I go, we made it. <laughs> oh, we're done. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Well, it's like yeah. I mean, come like on. That. I mean, it's it's like it's, uh, this this excitement. I mean, this time that we're we're having, we the impact that this podcast and your platforms and everything that's going on. I mean, it's just it's it's exciting. And um, you know, what do we have? About two years left. Yeah, we always say we have two years, but we say that every year. So. <laughs> we probably already ran out. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we say like they're gonna come after us eventually. No, I tell Chris, I'm like, oh, dude, like by the end of this year, if not early next year, uh, the Democratic Party's gonna come to us. And yeah. Like, hey guys, uh, you wanna, you know? And then they're mm-hmm. gonna give us money, and then they're gonna, like just Biden is the star. And I told Chris, I was like, yeah, I'll sell out. I don't care. <laughs> like, I'll sell out. I'm really shallow. I'm simple. So I'll um, be the first to call you out. You're gonna see a TikTok. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Oh my god. Awesome. Right yeah. I'll be the first one. He just has to pay me like three hundred grand and a good Wrangler. That's it, man. Yeah, I'm cheap. That's it. I'm cheap. Damn, you are cheap. I'm cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Just give him Jabba Walk. Yeah, just give him Jabba Walk tickets to Vegas. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but that's what I tell Chris. I'm like, don't worry, dude, they're gonna hit us up. And but I think that's what I think that's cool though, just might be joking about that. Is is I think that's what the Democratic Party is following, is organizing this labor. If we mm-hmm. say jump, they're, they're, they're following, they're, they're jumping. So I think this is a new time. This is the most exciting time mm-hmm. to be alive. I haven't been in labor for, for a long time, just like five years, but I've learned so much in these five years that I've been. We have a podcast. I mean, I mean we have a podcast. But you you know, we got all things labor and you're your sister on. How as that? far as what the Democrats <laughs> are doing for labor, though, we yeah. have to remember what they did to the railroad workers right. not too long ago. Yeah. yeah, they're showing up now, but they didn't when they needed them. Yeah. Right. You know, so we still we still have to tread lightly with them. They they cannot necessarily be trusted until they've proven themselves. Right. You know, people like Bernie Sanders, he has not changed ever. He's solidly been for the workers mm-hmm. and yeah. his voting record has shown that. Right. But the rest of them, they've got something to prove. And mm-hmm. that's why I do think that um, more people that are involved in labor unions need to get out there and run. There's so many different mm-hmm. positions at the right. local level that don't even get filled or, or nobody runs right. for it. 
Um, and nobody is going to be able to tell our story like we can. Right. Nobody is going to look out for us like we will. And, and we can't trust them to, mm -hmm. you know, because how do you get a millionaire or billionaire to understand what it's like to have to make, you know, things work under like, you know, $50,000 a year or, or whatever it is that you're making. These people make that in a day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They've never had to worry about what temperature they have their air conditioner at. They've never had to worry about get, not getting a sale <laughs> item, you know, or, or whatever it is. Clipping mm -hmm. coupons, like, they probably don't even know those exist. Right. Right. And so that's why it's important for people like us to go out there and I think so, too. Run. That's why we're delegates in the Democratic Party and the DNC or whatever here. We're delegates two times, three times. I don't know. This last time I made a joke, like, I didn't even vote. For myself, I didn't even vote. Uh, we made a video about that. People and got he, pissed off. And he got, and he got the most I votes. I got the most votes for the guys. Yeah. And I was all bragging. I'm like, that's right, motherfuckers. And uh, I made a video of me gripping my ballet. But, but yeah, I'm like obnoxious. Like, but that's why they hate me so much. But they love they us, though. They keep us electing us. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I go, well, you know, we need, you know, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> but we're the ones at the picket lines every single week, yeah. whatever it is. We're right. out there. We're out there sharing. Sharing everything that we see on social media. I think people, I think social media is like the new high school for a lot of people, especially Facebook. People outside of social media would tell me like, I, kinda, I liked your post. I think it was funny. I think, and then, and then I'm like, why didn't you like it or share it or comment or something? <laughs> and like, you know, but then they can't. They, some people like politicians can't. Yeah. They tell me it's like, no one I can't because then they're going to make me look bad with this mm. other person. Yeah, but they can. But they can. But they can. It's yeah. like we're brave enough to do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they need to do that, too. They need to show people that that's how their constituents are feeling. Yep. They're not even taking the risk by sharing it. That's mm -hmm. saying, look at what I saw. Not right. not I have this view, too. They right. can do it. Sharing is solidarity. Right. Yes. And, right. But and also I made a post recently um, <laughs> where I took our CEOs pay and like stock benefits and everything to figure out how long it would take me to earn in one, mm. like what he That's made in one post. year. It was like 244 years damn. Wow. that it would take me to earn what he earns in one year. And <sighs> is his job really that important? Because mm. from what I can tell, like what CEOs do with like analyzing markets, keeping the board happy, I feel like an AI could do that job. Ooh. Oh, damn. <laughs> that much per year for an AI like you know nobody <laughs> would do that but why are we doing that with people right. yeah. especially like there's so many especially like celebrities are like CEO of like a thousand different brands it's like so you're not busy working right so you're yeah. it's not a job right and they're on boards right. and different things yeah right. and they're starting nonprofits here and there mm -hmm. I, like I'll, I'll be honest I'm on a board for a nonprofit I go to a, I mean, I don't get paid for it, but like I go to a meeting once a year. The fuck? You know what I mean? Like, what the hell? Yeah. No, it's bullshit. It's a bullshit job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. So um, another thing that I've jot down here is that here in San Diego, uh, November 29th through December 1st, I know you uh, are out of town, but there's going to be like a, a communications conference. Oh, you saw that? Yeah. Are you guys, are you guys going to go or are you going to go? Pending, pending. I need uh, I need to see what other things we're doing uh, at my workplace, but uh, I'm hoping to. But we'll right. see. Yeah. Tell me about it. Maybe yeah. I'll come. Yeah. What is it? I printed out the papers. Okay. I already lost it. <laughs> oh, it's right there. <laughs> Ricardo. 
Ricardo, this is your chance. This is your chance. Yeah, you're in. Say what's up. <laughs> <laughs> I printed out the little awesome. website thing. It has my information on there because I was filling that out. So it's the uh, International Labor Communications Association conference here in San Diego. Um, and it has like the agenda on there. They have all the info. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Lots of great panels You're already organizing. And yeah, I'm already organizing. You know, these so. things are so important though yeah. because it's just another tool. Like, exactly. um, I don't know if you guys do other like labor trainings and things, but to be able to get into a room with people like for unions that you didn't even know existed and be able to find out what their issues are, what strategies they're employing to yeah. be able to ignite their membership mm -hmm. it's just great to be able to get together and learn from each other it's yeah. like irony iron sharpening iron yes that's mm. what i like yeah mm -hmm. one of the days is uh ai uh podcasting uh video production so there you go that's our lane basically. are you guys leading it or what yeah. yeah. We, we don't even know and they're already signed us up. I don't even know if I can yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's cool. It's really important. Every time we go to these type of conferences or conventions or whatever, definitely hand out the handle and yeah. then people start following and then all of a sudden we're all friends because yeah. the old way of doing things was like the information has to travel through the organization and then there and then an email has to get okayed and then now it's yeah. like, oh no, I just met them already out there yeah. and then now we're following each other. Now I know what the nurses are doing. Oh, they're going to have another yeah. strike before the email comes in from the yeah. labor council. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think think that's what's going on yeah. right now too with social media so uh how, how much time have we been going with ricardo almost an hour okay cool so i want I, I like asking this question to everybody that comes on because the theme of this podcast is solidarity so what does solidarity mean to you take it away so i kind of touched on this that solidarity means that no matter what you do or what union you're with i support you in having a better job or having what you need to survive and then some getting the care that you need and then some yeah. you know i believe that everybody should have equal dignity and uh the ability to do better for themselves and their family and solidarity means showing up for each other and and one thing i tell people in my union is solidarity is not easy at all it takes so much time um you know because like uh for instance my uh the vice president of my national union flew out to arizona to go to a joe biden event because i got invited for us to go and listen to joe biden speak and um it was because of the different connections i've made mm -hmm. You know, we help each other out, and that's what solidarity is. It's making sure that you can help rise everyone up. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Com yes. Second. Second. Thanks for answering all that. <laughs> Solidarity's uh, right here. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I completely agree. And I think for, for me, is also. Um, well, I'll say what it's not. Right uh, when we were organizing, um, we were we had a captive audience meetings, like a mandatory captive audience meetings, which is definitely one of the tools that um, these bosses use. And someone who is a scab and will, I will not say her name. Um, she's just like, you don't get my solidarity. You have to earn it. That's not how fucking solidarity works, bitch. That's 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 not how it works. Um, so one of the things that for me, uh, I was able to uh, head out to Mexico and I wrote two articles with labor notes uh, when I was interning with them um, about uh, auto plant uh, auto plant workers that are also like organizing independently. It's also really badass what's happening in Mexico right now. If you're not, um, mm -hmm. there's like a lot of like changing legislation that's allowing workers to actually have like real unions, not charro unions. And charro unions are like known for being incredibly corrupt and like mm -hmm. having ties with like cartels, etc. And so 
these workers are like going out and literally not only finding their boss, finding a corrupt union, like fighting threats, literal threats of like, we're going to fucking kill you if you don't stop. And they're still out there. Like, um, and one of the things that I think is just so powerful is the international solidarity, solidarity. And that, and the thing is that we practice it every day. Like the thing is we, it's, it's hard, but we do it every day. Um, this, uh, this story I love to, to share is, uh, I went to China a few years ago and I was at the, like hiking the great wall and it was slippery as hell because it was really icy. It was like the iciest like week of November or something. And like, and I was like, I'm gonna eat shit and I'm actually gonna fall. And it's scary because it was like missing. I went to like the the half broken down wall mm. section. And I remember, and like, I don't speak any Mandarin, right? So I'm, I was like, fuck. And I'm really scared, thinking like, shit, I'm gonna fall. And all of a sudden, there's a photo somewhere on my Instagram about it. But there's like three like older women who like look at me and I look at them. And they and there's a photo and like they just they go out to like reach out to give me their hand so they can help me move up. You know what I mean? So that I, I wouldn't fall like that's solidarity. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think, I think if we just recognize that we're doing it every day and it's just like, and it, it's, it makes us feel good, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, you don't need to know everything about the NLRA. You don't need to know everything, the, the entire history. Like, you, like you as a worker, you already have a space in the labor movement. You need to be invited. You're in it. You know, so how involved do you want to get? Like, go to a picket line. Go to, show up to a picket line. You don't know what the hell is going on. Show up to a picket line and support. Yeah. And yeah, just Gavin start Newsom. with sharing the post, right? <laughs> Share yeah. that post. Yeah. Sharing is caring, definitely. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, there you go. Uh, any last words before we end this episode? We like to keep it an hour, not because we run out of things to talk about, but because of battery life <laughs> 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 and editing power. <laughs> yeah, so. you got it? I know. He's all waving at me over there. Shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's blinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But yep. thank you guys for having us yeah. on. Um, it's great that you guys are putting this platform out there, that you've created it and that you're growing it. Um, you know, I've, I've watched you guys from the early stages of mm. your social media, like mm -hmm. the Bambi stage where you're trying to figure out, like you had a different username, you had a different username. And it's so cool to see you guys building this momentum here and knowing that it's happening all around the world. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got your uh, union made in Canada. Oh, yeah. Shout we've out. got, yeah, Jason254 underscore easy. easy. Yeah. Another shout and, out. Yeah. Another shout out. These, these people are making it happen all over. And it's great to see that yeah. we're giving each other the help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's literally, um, not to be all freaking Barney about it, but it's mm -hmm. like, it's literally just making like you, new comrades and new friends. And I mm -hmm. think that's just like something that's super beautiful. So again, it's just, the last thing I would just say is kind of just like the invitation for a worker. Like we all resonate in having some like a shitty boss or a shitty workplace or not being respected or like having a life of dignity. Like get involved. Start asking questions. Start with your coworkers, you know, and like question everything. Question everything. And just, why? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, and just show up, just like, just show up, literally find, like, follow these accounts. If you want to know more about like, okay, how did they go about organizing? Like, I think Starbucks is a great example of this. So just like you get inspired by that. So mm -hmm. allow yourself to be inspired and just like, you don't have to be a pro. Yeah. I didn't know shit. I didn't know shit before I started all this, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, so what I would say is just like, you don't need to know shit. You just need to know that something's fucked up and you want to have, like, you have the will to change it. And That's people it. are there to help. 100%. Yes. Right. Well, there you have it, Chris. I think this was another episode of Union or Bus. Success successful episode. What do you think? The people united will never be divided. Hell yeah. Oh, there you go. Amen. Catch right. you later.